The acting Prime Minister has hit out at climate change protesters as the Coalition continues to face criticism about its handling of the ongoing fire emergency. There are dire warnings that New South Wales will be hit by increasingly extreme weather. 2015 was the hottest year since climate records began. Your show this July was the single hottest month in recorded history. Australia sweltered through its hottest spring on record. Climate change is now affecting every country on every continent. It's the rate that's a great concern. And what do you put that rate down to? Oh, it's human activity. We have everything we need. Some still doubt that we have the will to act. But I say... The will to act is itself a renewable resource. Hello and welcome to Climactic, the podcast by and for Australia's climate community. A few days ago, we put out our Christmas special, and usually that means for shows that they're done for the year and are going to have a little break over the holidays. But we are not done. That episode was a science comedy debate about whether or not Santa Claus was real, and it was a lot of fun, but it was an escape from the reality that a lot of people living in Australia are facing right now, today. That this is not going to be a jolly, festive Christmas period, or relaxed holidays with friends. Australia is facing a natural disaster at a national level, and we wanted to bring you some of the voices and perspectives of some people who are facing it the best way they can. You're about to hear a dispatch from Joe Dodds, friend of the show and contributor to Climactic, as well as a couple locals in the Bega area of the southern coast of New South Wales, as well as a small clip from, of all places, Sky News Australia. Well, yeah, Tom, as you can see behind me, this group of climate protesters has crashed the acting Prime Minister's event here at Marimbula Airport. He was here to announce an expansion of the airport, more tourist operations, but these climate protesters argue that the acting Prime Minister should not be focusing on local issues when there's a national crisis facing this country, and that is the bushfires. They've linked this to climate change, saying that the government isn't doing enough on climate action, but... Michael McCormack hit back. Well, they've got a right to protest. They've got a right to turn up here and wave their placards and shout all they like. Fact is, I hope they're on their lunch break. And, uh, and, and if they want to do that during their lunch break and then go back to productive work, that's fine. Yeah, that old chestnut probably wouldn't be uh, everyone in the country working right now, given it's December 18. Yeah, hi, Mark. It's Joe Dodds from Tarthra, New South Wales, but currently in Melbourne. Just wanted to do a quick wrap-up on the event that happened at the Marimula Airport on Wednesday, which was the 18th of December, when Deputy Prime Minister Michael McCormack came to open our new airport terminal and was met with a large group of protesters who had a lot to say about climate change. Now, um, Mr McCormack was, depending who you talk to, either the acting Prime Minister or not at the time, depending whether you spoke to him or the actual government. So um, I'm not quite sure who we were meeting with on the day, given the confusion that's going on at the moment about who is actually leading the country of Australia. It's, it's beyond comprehension what is happening at the moment, that the Prime Minister would be overseas having a holiday while the country is in the most significant bushfire crisis ever. He's coming back today apparently because of the tragedy of two firefighters dying in the last 24 hours, which is, it is just so hideous that he waited until that event to turn around and come home. 
instead of being here and showing the leadership we so desperately need. So the airport, yeah, it was a very interesting experience from where I stood. I was there as a local government councillor representing council. I had an idea that there were going to be protesters there. I had no idea what they were going to do, but they, they made sure they made themselves very well heard. I know a lot of those people and they are local professionals in business, in the health field, business owners, trying to think who else is there, uh, farmers. And yet Mr McCormack saw fit to, to suggest to them that he was happy for them to be protesting in their lunch hours and that he hoped they'd go back and do some productive work afterwards, which is, I guess, a message that we should be sending again to our parliamentary leaders at the moment, given the lack of productive work we're seeing from them. But what an insult to people to suggest that they are in no way to be taken seriously um, again. And an insult to people who are unemployed, as Alastair, who I interviewed, pointed out, because why are the views of people with no jobs any less important? If people with no jobs choose to go out and protest, their voices are no less important. Why we malign them by maligning protesters as being unemployed is just shooting the messenger, insulting people for no reason, more attempts by the government to justify their own terrible behaviour by blaming other people for what's happening at the moment. The other thing interesting about what was going on at the airport and very heartening was when McCormack was asked by the the uh, mainstream media about climate change. The interview began with him taking questions and uh, someone from Channel 7 or 9, I can't remember, asked a question about climate. And he said, no, no, questions about the airport, please. And there was just deathly silence. And then we moved back to the questions about climate change. And that is the first time I've witnessed such a thing where it wasn't because of the protesters. These journalists had clearly come with one top issue. That was why they'd travelled the six-hour drive or the one-and-a-half-hour flight from Sydney to my town was to ask specifically about climate change, about the bushfire smoke in Sydney, about the danger to communities, about the resourcing for firefighters and why the Prime Minister chose this point to be away on holidays. Eliza, the Department of Agriculture report shows changes in the climate have reduced profits for cropping farms by more than a billion dollars a year. Yeah, that's right. This Abares report is pretty tough to read. It shows that uh, crop farm profits have plummeted by 22% over the past two decades. That represents about $18,000 for each farm. And the Deputy Prime Minister, Michael McCormack, I asked him about this report and whether he was shocked by what he read. He said it's no surprise that people are finding it tougher to stay on the land. Well, it's going to have an impact on uh, farmers' profitability and going forward. Uh, they need to look at that when they're deciding what they're actually going to do on their farms. And I know there's been a lot of diversification in farming uh, in the past few decades. But what I don't want uh, farmers to do, and particularly those school leavers who yesterday in New South Wales would have received their high school certificate results, to think that there's not profit to be made in farms. And whilst I appreciate uh, ABES doesn't give out these statistics lightly, there is a big future in agriculture. Tom, as you can see behind me, the group of protesters has just moved towards the fence of the Marimbula Airport as Michael McCormack boards his plane back home to Wagga.
that to me speaks of a huge shift in the priorities of those big media outlets. We're used to the smaller outlets and individuals raising these concerns, but the media are turning their attention to it now because how can you not? How can you ignore what is going on at the moment? That was the wrap at the airport, and I'm just so grateful that I live in a community who are prepared to spend their lunch hours or their free time or whatever it was for everybody uh, coming in their own on their own steam down to Marimbula to let the um, supposed leaders know what they uh, should be setting their minds to. Um, it's Joe Dodds here at Marimbula Airport on the far south coast of New South Wales, and I'm standing with two of the people who just took part in an activist action. Uh, that greeted the Deputy Prime Minister, Mr Michael McCormack, when he came down to open the uh, new terminal here. So I've got Leanne Munro here. Um, I'm just going to ask, Leanne, why why did you come today and what was the message you wanted to send to the Deputy Prime Minister? It's an emergency and we have to act now on climate change. I'm doing this for my children and my future grandchildren. Is there anything in particular you think he should be doing urgently? Strong emissions targets, 100% renewables by 2030 or 2025 if we can. All right, thanks, Leanne. And I've also got Jamie Shaw, who's also a member of the group. Maybe you could tell us uh, what the group is and then tell us why you're here today, Jamie. Group's Climate Action Mobilisation Bigger Valley and it's members are members of many different groups, the Greens, Social Justice, a whole swag of different organisations. And basically we formed after the federal election because people are sick and tired of inaction. They're sick and tired of these coal-sponsored politicians denying the science and refusing to act to protect the vested interests of a few coal barons. It's pathetic. We see ScoMo in Hawaii right now while the state's on fire. It is disgusting. It is disgusting that they are betraying this country and betraying the planet. It's as simple as that. They must act. They listen. They need to listen to the 75% of Australians who want strong climate action and they want it now. Not dilly-dallying and playing games in uh, Madrid, not uh, playing accounting games with the planet's future. They need to end that and they need to act or they need to get out of the way and let people move on. And is there anything about the Deputy Prime Minister's been saying about climate change or responding to other people's concerns that you wanted to comment on? Oh, he's just pathetic. I mean, it's just obfuscation and distraction. I mean, you know, they'll blame... You know, shoot the messenger, basically. Shoot the messenger and victim-blaming at its worst. They're pathetic, you know. All they can come up with is one line, load of rubbish stuff that isn't going to solve the problem and it's not going to stop their going under, under the tsunami of people's anger and people's frustration at lack of action. And it's lack of action that needs to end. And I was on the inside of the, the room while he was talking and I know the protesters were kept out of the room, so you probably didn't hear, but Mr McCormack actually referred to the group out here and said he hoped you all had jobs to go to or words to that effect. Um, do you have any comment um, in response to that? One word, it's laughable. Thank you, Jamie, and thank you, Leanne, for that and um, thank you for being here today. It's going to take a lot more of that, of community leadership, of people, ordinary people, stepping up and saying this is just not okay. It's not okay anymore to be quiet while this happens. We really do need to all step up and all say what we think about what's going on because otherwise it's very easy for them to shoot down a couple of messengers. It's very hard for them to shoot down hundreds and hundreds and then thousands and then tens of thousands of Australians saying 
enough is enough. It's too dangerous. It's urgent. We want action on reducing our emissions. And then we want resources for the current fire season. Urgent resources because that 11 million that we were offered is just an insult uh, when you compare it to what's going on, say, in New South Wales at the moment where the uh, the big Gladys Berejiklian football stadium blowout was announced. That's a stadium that was quite serviceable but has been bulldozed at a cost of several hundred million, I think, a hundred million. The price of 700 million to provide us with a new stadium has blown out before there's been even an attempt to fill in the giant hole in the ground. It's blown out by another 100 million. So the state government's quite happily thrown 100 million at getting the footy back on track by 2021 or some date. And yet we as a nation under this sort of crisis can only find enough for one more aircraft to fight the fires. So none of that 11 million is targeted at the people who are about to spend their entire holiday season under extremely stressful, traumatic and dangerous conditions, many of them as volunteers. Um, the ripple-out effects of that on communities across the country is going to be enormous and on economies as well as the jobs those people were doing before they started fighting the fires obviously are not being done while they're fighting the fires. All right, let's leave that as a wrap for... <laughs> the Marimbula story. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective, a podcast network dedicated to lifting the voices of the climate community. You can find out more about the people behind Climactic and all the shows we produce at climactic.fm. We are a social enterprise podcast network, and we greatly appreciate your support. You can find a link to our Pausable where you can support us directly in the show notes of this episode or from our website. Thank you for listening. And from the whole Climactic Collective, keep up the great work and take care of each other in these climactic times. The Climactic Collective.